Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man on the other side of this beautiful studio is the beautiful man himself, Michael Swain of Fog.net. Uh, it's flowery shirt night. I'm glad you got the memo. I did. Um, thanks for the heads up. Yeah, it's, we, we're, we're doing theme nights now. It's like a club, but it's The Drive. And you can interact with us on social media at Facebook.com slash The Drive Show, on Twitter at The Drive 13. And of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat.com and Fog.net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The first segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. All right, Fitz, where else can we start? Yeah. Kansas State held off Kansas 47-27 to on Saturday night in Manhattan, beating its rival for the 14th straight year. I mean, how much did K-State have to work for this victory? They did, and really, if you go back and fairly assess the game, you realize that really the main difference in this game was special teams. Kansas State was very good, and KU was subpar in special teams. Muff punt, uh, K-State was able to pin them back with some great punts by Ty Zittner. Um, it just really paid off, and early on, the muff punt just made have change the game from the very start. KU comes out, does an incredible job with a three and out against this K-State offense that's been clicking. They punt the ball away, muffed, get it at five, touchdown. And then a punt pins or a kickoff pins um, KU back, ends up being a safety with a hold uh, called in the end zone. And, and those plays, that's nine points right there, and that was the difference at halftime. Uh, so that tells you exactly what that meant in that phase of the game. But K-State did it again in terms of how they've been defending people all year. They're very uh, cautious with how they come out with the defensive game plan in the first half, and then they go to something different in the second half and they change their posture dramatically. They got into more of an attack mode with this KU offense, and they really did bottle up KU, holding them to fewer than 100 yards in the second half. It was a, one of those games where there were just enough big plays for Kansas State to turn it into a route. But I'm telling you, there's not a huge difference between these two teams right now um, in terms of how much KU has escalated their play. 
The problem for KU was K-State has escalated its play too to an even higher level as the Wildcats now will play in the Big 12 title game against TCU. This is a pretty darn good K-State team, particularly with Will Howard at quarterback. They seem to kind of spread the ball around on offense enough to give defenses a lot of trouble. And um, defensively, K-State, when they want to be good, are really good. They, they haven't been solid for in the first half the last two weeks, and they simply cannot do that against TCU in Arlington next Saturday. But overall, this was a nice K-State win. The K-State was incredibly focused, and, and they, they continue to value this game at the highest level possible, and that really showed up on the field for the Wildcats. It's a nice, nice way to end the regular season at 9-3 and three overall and 7-2 and two in the Big 12, second place all alone. Now the Frogs await. Yeah, I totally agree. I think you made a really good point. When K-State is locked in, they're really hard to beat. And as a rivalry game, it's really hard to beat them. And we'll talk about Kansas later, but just really impressed overall with Kansas State's performance. Well, I think KU's heading in the right direction, Michael. And Lance Leipold has agreed to a new contract with KU. Just how big is this for the program to lock Leipold in on this deal? I mean, it's massive, and it can't be understated how big this is for the program. First of all, you have a coach that other program will, programs in the Power Five want, right? This isn't a David Beatty or a washed-up Les Miles. This is a head coach that has won everywhere he's been and is winning at Kansas now. And to have continuity in the long term is massive because that's a word that has not been associated with the Kansas program over the last decade. And to fend off other programs showing interest, Nebraska mainly, and keep someone like Leipold and Lawrence is huge. And it's huge for a multitude of reasons, obviously continuity, but also recruiting. Negative recruiting is a thing in the modern day. And with National Signing Day coming up in just a few weeks, it's important to have it out there that Lance Leipold will be these recruits' head coach when they get to be an upperclassman down the line. And so I think overall this is massive and you're heading into now part of the year where the transfer portal is gonna be heating up, high school recruiting is heating up, and you've also got to re-recruit your rosters. That's what's happening now in modern day college football. You have to continue to recruit your roster. And now everyone inside that Anderson family football complex knows who the head coach is going to be for years to come. Anyone that KU is going out to recruit knows who the head coach is going to be. And I think overall this vision and commitment to football is such a huge deal for Kansas. Obviously they've talked about doing a new stadium and renovating Memorial Stadium, putting more infrastructure around Memorial Stadium to where maybe it's a destination where a game day atmosphere can feel consistent and not maybe be reliant on college game day being there or key being 5-0 and to start the season. And so overall commitment to football is something you haven't seen from Kansas a lot over the last decade. And credit to Travis Goff for getting this done. I'm incredibly fascinated to see what the terms of the contract are whenever those are released. What is the buyout? What are the annual salary per year? Does this put Lance Leipold above the bottom of the Big 12, above maybe someone like Chris Kleiman before maybe he gets his own contract extension? I think overall this is massive for Kansas, a show of commitment to the football program, but also from Leipold that he wants to be in Lawrence long term. I think the thing that jumps out the most to me about what KU's doing is how dynamic this offense is. It's so well designed, it's fun to watch, and if you're a recruit, it would be fun to be part of that because it's an offense that's so inclusive. I mean, the tight ends get the ball, the backs, the receivers, the quarterback runs it. Man, it's, it's something else, and it's hard to defend, as K-State showed in the first half. Definitely. Well, and two fun offenses will be playing in Arlington on Saturday in the Big 12 championship game, which is set for TCU and K-State. 
All right, Fitz, who comes out on top? And could TCU make the college football playoff with a loss on Saturday? Okay, I don't think so. And I don't think that's right. I think if you change the brand name, if you just, this, you know, covered up the resume uh, in terms of brands and looked at things, TC should be in, even with a loss, as long as it's a competitive loss. I, I can't imagine K-State's going to blow them out if they win. But uh, I think TCU is clearly one of the top four teams. But that's not how it works. If this was Oklahoma or Texas with the exact same resume, I'm telling you, Oklahoma for sure gets in with a loss in the Big 12 championship. How do I know? Because it happened. It happened when Kansas State just trashed Oklahoma in 2003. They got a shot to play for the national title despite that. That wasn't just in the playoff, that was in the top two. So brand names just continue to rule college football. And you could see ESPN subtly hoping that it would not be K-State in the Big 12 championship so they could have Texas. He had Mark Jones on a broadcast just basically dismissing K-State's chances even though it was obvious they were the favored team against Kansas. I think TCU belongs in, and I'll be fascinated to see how K-State handles TCU because honestly, TCU's a really good football team. And it's probably from top to bottom better than Kansas State. But TCU's also caught a lot of breaks this season. A lot of quarterbacks have gotten injured in the first half of games against the Frogs. It happened to the Wildcats at TCU. Will Howard came in and set K-State on this path. Unfortunately, the second half of that game was pretty dismal for the K-State offense. But we will see now if TCU can handle its business, get to 13-0 with a win, and move into the college football playoff. Because I'm telling you, when coaches at Georgia or whoever the brand name is that are in the playoff pop in the tape and start studying TCU, they're going to know they got a problem because TCU is legit. I almost disagree, Fitz. I think if... TCU does lose, I still think they're going to make it. I think a performance like that against Iowa State that was one of the best defenses in the entire country to put up well over 50 points is incredibly impressive. impressive. And I think it's still a team that if they lose in the right fashion, I think they can still make it with one loss. Uh, I agree with you. I hope it happens. I Mm -hmm. think they should. But here's the thing is I went into the weekend thinking if K-State won, they'd have a really good crack at at TCU. Then I watched TCU do that to Iowa State, and I'm like, ugh, they're they're pretty good. They're, they're playing at a really high level. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, well, last week's question was, will TCU make the college football playoff? And it was pretty close. A, yes, one was 63%, and no was 37%. That's a very interesting result. And here's this week's question. Would you like to see Kansas paired up with Missouri in the Liberty Bowl? That's on the plate. I'd love it, but I'm interested to see what you think. A, absolutely yes. B, no thanks. C, I don't care. I put that in for the K-State fans. (laughs) Vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. The correct answer is no. All right, but that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill. We will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. Welcome back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. This segment of the two-minute drill sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. All right, Fitz, let's switch to the hardwood. K-State basketball won the Cayman Island Classic, rallying from behind to beat LSU. Is new coach Jerome Tang already exceeding expectations? Uh, you kind of have to argue yes. I mean, they ran into some challenges at the Cayman Classic and the Cayman Islands Classic, and they, they rallied to get Nevada into overtime and won. And they rallied from eight down at halftime with a great surge in the second half to knock off LSU. They're both were nice, solid wins. Look, neither team is great. Let's be blunt here. These, these are LSU-like K-State is rebuilding. But K-State has a gear that they haven't had in a while, and it's fun to watch them get out there and do that. They get up and down the court, and they make huge plays when they need huge plays to be made. Marquise Noel was brilliant in the Cayman Islands Classic. He has come so far. He is thriving in this system of Jerome Tanks, and uh, he was the MVP down there. It's really uh, interesting to watch K-State play because they have some matchup issues. They're not a real big team and LSU gave them problems. But when they turn this into a full court game and get open and uh, get open in that court and running, uh, they can really make things happen. And they seem to play together like a team that has played together for a very long time, not a roster that was rebuilt with 11 new players coming in. It's been a remarkable job, actually, what Jerome Tang and his coaching staff have done so far. They go to Butler this week. They, there's really not a lot of huge challenges in this non-conference schedule that was mostly put together by the previous staff, but it will prepare them for the Big 12. It will help them start to understand who they are as a team and play better team defense. And that's really, for me, the key with this team. Can Jerome Tang get his team to play consistent defense because they've had lapses in every game where you see them kind of like start to cruise and then they get serious again and they put it on the opponent. They've got to be more consistent. In the Big 12, you better play 40 minutes or you're going to lose. Um, and I think this non-conference schedule affords them a great opportunity, Michael, to learn those lessons in an environment where they probably still will win games. But boy, we'll see where they rank it when they get into conference play. But they have an opportunity here to really shock some people with how good they are. I mean, that they do, but momentum is a huge thing in college sports. And to have a successful Thanksgiving week like they did and potentially have a win over Butler this week, momentum will be on their side. And I think the confidence that will be kind of building there in Manhattan, that's going to be big. Yeah, it's, it's fun basketball. It's a great brand they've, they're kind of make up there. Kansas basketball went 2-1 and one in the Bahamas this past week. I'm sorry they had to go to the Bahamas. That's just horrible. But the Jayhawks weren't too convincing. What did you see from Bill's self-esteem? I think you saw all the issues that you thought Kansas would have this season wrapped up into one week. The center spot is still a huge question. And for me, that's the biggest thing going forward. How can KU manage against big teams? KJ Adams as a starting center offers you a lot. Versatility, um, switching on the perimeter, but he can't really shoot. He struggles to finish around the rim sometimes and he can get posted up. Wisconsin showed that, Tennessee showed that as well. And I think you look on the perimeter, how many other guys can A, shoot, but B, create when Dewan Harris is not on the floor? You saw that against Tennessee when Dewan Harris had foul trouble. KU looked like a rudderless ship. Joseph Yesfu put up good numbers, scoring double-digit points in a, a career performance, but he doesn't offer you the same security that someone like Dewan Harris does, and it's why Bill Self 
is so fond of Harris and why at every opportunity he goes and raves about him as a player and as a leader of this team because that's what he is. He's a floor general. And now with Bobby Pettiford likely out for a few weeks with a hamstring injury, you know, someone like Harris is going to have to play a lot more. And his reliance, I think, for this KU team is going to be so big. And I think outside of that, Jalen Wilson. Can he score the ball efficiently? I think you saw at times that he can get to his spots, but if no one else is scoring, like Grady Dick or Dewan Harris or Kevin McCuller, other teams are gonna lock in on, on someone like Jalen Wilson. And can he continue to get to the rim and score around two, three, four bodies? That's a huge challenge. So I think overall, this is still a very good KU team. I think that if you look at the advanced numbers, they're not really a top 10 team right now. That's fine, they will continue to develop, but you look at the schedule ahead and it's pretty tough. You play Seton Hall, you play Indiana, and you play Missouri all before Christmas. It's gonna be a huge test for this team that is young, it's still figuring things out, and I think you have to look at some of those freshmen to step up. Can Grady Dick turn those scoring flurries into scoring performances over the course of a game? Can Ernest Uday stay on the floor for more than a few minutes at a time? Those are some of the questions I have now heading into this big December stretch. All I know is Grady Dick is fun to watch. It's when this kid gets cooking, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. I don't even, I have no clue what his ceiling is. I don't know how good he could become, but he, he has something special going on. It's pretty cool. Now we step out of bounds, and out of bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local, and we're local for you. Well, the college football playoff picture was scrambled a bit this weekend, so what one-loss teams deserve the most consideration for this four-team field? If you listen to ESPN, it's got to be Ohio State, and uh, I don't even know who else. It's got to be someone from the SEC. They dream someone up. They Maybe two-loss Alabama. But I think you're right. If TCU loses to Kansas State, I, they're, they're at the top of the list for me. They really are because of what they've done all season long. And you got USC out there with one loss, and I am not sold on USC, as you'll find out in the picks later. But, Michael, what are your thoughts on this? I actually like USC. Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. It's good. And I think their offense is good enough. It's like Ohio State, for example, right? If you want to compare resumes there, I think you look at Ohio State. Okay, is the offense as good as USC's? No. Is their defense better than USC's? You saw what Michigan did to them. I think we all know what someone like TCU would be able to do to that Ohio State defense. And I think that you look at TCU and USC as being the two most worthy one-loss teams out there. And I think those are the two that should get the best consideration because what Ohio State showed you is not playoff worthy. Uh, what I don't understand is if you're Ohio State, how do you have problems on defense? You recruit, <laughs> basically get everyone you want. How are you having problems? Even if you have injuries, you should have backups that are at such a high level, you shouldn't be having issues. I, I can't grasp it. It's like they're so wealthy with talent, they don't know what to do with it. it well, and plus they took Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State, yeah. who put together a really good defense at Oklahoma State. And someone like Craig Young, who was a rotation player at Ohio State, is arguably KU's second best player on defense this year. They've got talent. It's just coaching, it seems like. It's very strange. Now let's hear from the fans, and our fan question is sponsored by Medlark Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. Our fan, this fan question this week is from John in Lawrence. Has Kansas closed the gap on Kansas State at all? I will say yes. I, it was obvious to me. What are your thoughts, Michael? 
Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. Lance Leipold didn't want to say it post-game, saying that the result in the final score was similar to past years. But no, look in the trenches. KU held its own in the first half in particular before the game kind of got out of hand and the momentum won against Kansas. That's an area where Kansas State has dominated this game in, for about a decade now, is in the trenches. KU held its own, and it's going to return a bunch on both sides of the ball. Next year in Lawrence is going to be a really interesting game. It will. And, boy, I tell you what, they believe they can win, and that's the biggest hurdle that Lance Leipold's already overcome. Exactly. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. Well, when we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back to The Drive. Well, it's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show, and now let's look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Draft House. Meeting your friends at Kites in the Draft House since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are the results. The viewers went 3 0. Michael went 3 0. And I went 1 2 because it's the holiday season and I feel like giving. I gave away some wins there as I am in last. I stink at this, but it's okay. Let's get on to this week's picks, and let's start with the big one for all of us around here. K-State against TCU. College game day will be in Arlington. TCU is only a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, which surprised me a little bit. Do the Frogs win by three or more? I say no. In fact, I think K-State wins despite all logic. I'm suspending logic for this pick. I think K-State wins this game. I think TCU wins by that margin. I think this TCU team you're seeing now is better than the one you saw against K-State. Yeah. All right, the next team we're going to go to is Georgia versus LSU. This line really, really surprised me. It is huge. It's Georgia minus 17.5. I'm still going to take Georgia. They're that good. Yeah, I agree with you, but the spread just too much for me to buy mm-hmm. in. Look, LSU lost against Texas A&M. I think LSU will play better. This spread opened at 19.5 earlier on Sunday. It's dropped two points already. By the time people see this, it's probably dropped again. By the time we wake up Monday morning, it'll drop again because so much money will be flowing in on LSU, including mine, maybe. <laughs> and our last game of the week is out west USC and Utah for the Pac-12 title. USC is hanging on, hoping to get into the playoff. They're a two and a half point favorite also. I like Utah. I think Utah is going to get this done. Uh, I like USC. I think as I explained earlier, offense will win you games and they've got a really good offense. And I just took all the underdogs. No wonder I lose bets a lot. <laughs> Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One. Buy local for a strong local community. And we start with that other guy here, Mr. Michael Swain of Fog.net. Well, Fitz, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm suffering from World Cup fever. Oh, the United States on Monday plays Iran in a win-in-you're-in situation. Heading into the World Cup, I think that's about what you could have wished for. Win, 
and you get to play in the knockout rounds in front of an even bigger stage. The U.S. already played in front of one of the biggest TV audiences ever for soccer, and now they're going to hopefully do it again this week. Very excited for that game. Uh, what will make me really interested in soccer is if the entire Iranian team defects after the game. That'll catch my <laughs> attention. That'll catch my attention. Let's talk about Nebraska. That's mm-hmm. right. The Huskers have their new coach. It's a great hire in Matt Rule. But my question is, what took so long? Matt Rule was available. Why did you fire Scott Frost before his buyout dropped? Two weeks later, just a mere $7.5 million. Why were you in a hurry to get rid of him and then wait to the end of the season to make a hire? I think it was probably because... Nebraska didn't want Matt Rule. That wasn't their number one choice. If that was their number one choice, they could have had him earlier. I think they were shopping around for Lance Leipold or Chris Kleiman and some other guys with jobs, and that fell through, and they ended up with Rule. Still, I think they tripped into a great hire. I think he'll be a good fit. There's some questions about his ability to recruit at a high level that you need at Nebraska. We will see, but I'm encouraged that uh, both Leipold and Kleiman turned away Nebraska. I can't even fathom that happening 10 years ago. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. And we'll see you here next week and all week on social media. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to The Shy? Opportunity. Everybody get down! Walk right up to the side. A new rain is coming to the south side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply.